listen to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heartsease Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. Everybody said amen and amen. So I'm going to dive straight in this morning. Got plenty to keep you on your toes. I would urge you, please click your pens uh, just once. Don't keep clicking your pens. Click your pens just once uh, and just take your notebooks out. Uh, There's plenty of information going to be in this message for you this morning. Uh, I cannot believe it's the end of February. I mean, where did those two months go? Already one six through. Um, I'm not going to... I have no clue how many days it is to Christmas, but it can't be very many. Um, so this year is already flowing, fl- flowing by, flying by. It's doing both. It's flowing and it's flying, huh? All right, so I pray that it's, uh, you've all taken something from the XO series so far. It's been an awesome series, yes? It's been very, very powerful. We've been talking about relationships of every kind. And we've, as always, we've been trying to give you powerful, practical tips that you can actually apply to your lives. You know, we, we aim very much indeed, as I said, not just to uh, fill your time when you come on a Sunday morning. We like you to have a takeaway, just one thing, something that you can take away to apply to your lives, in your home, in your families, in your workplace, uh, in your spiritual life, whatever it might be. We really do try and give you practical tips and guides. And we've done that with uh, all kinds of relationships uh, this month. Today, I'm going to be closing out. We're talking about the power of influence. And the power of influence is something which can and should be affecting every single one of your relationships. So it's kind of a blanket uh, topic to finish off the series with. I'm excited about this. And hopefully, as I said, it's going to be uh, impactful to somebody in the house today. The people that we have around us have a massive effect on us. The people that we have around us have a massive effect on us. In fact, there's very little which will have as much effect on your life as the people that are around you. Why is that? Well, it's because as human beings, we are uh, malleable, we are formable, we are shapeable. We will uh, basically conform to what it is that the pressures around us, and I say pressures meaning good pressure as well as bad pressure, the, the forces that are around us, the people that are around us, the influences that are around us, they will shape us. So it's the influence that's been in our lives up to this point that largely determines where we are at this point. Let me go further than that. It's the influences around you up until this point that shape who you are at this point. Now, what I mean, well, we're all unique. Every one of us has individual DNA. You are born differently. You are born with a different DNA. You are born with a different uh, plan from God. Each and every one of us is individual. And then we fall into a limited number of personality types. So uh, out of all of the people, there are 7.4 billion people in the world. And with a limited number of uh, personality types that there are, you would think that there would be a whole lot of duplication. You would think that there would be so many people who would be identical to one another. But that's not the case. 
We are all completely different. So if we all start off with individual DNA and there are, we have limited number of, uh, of personalities, why is it that we're all completely unique right the way through our lives? Well, the answer to that is influence. Because we are shaped every moment of every day into who it is that we become. So what is influence? Let's look at the definition. Kick off the message with a definition of influence. It's this, the capacity to have an effect on the character, development, or behavior of someone or something. We are influenced by the world around us. We're influenced by the people around us. We're influenced by our environment. We are continually formed and shaped. And the key word there is continually. Now, why is that a key word? Well, it's because whatever and whoever has influenced you up to this point, your growing is not over. Your shaping is not over. Your becoming is not over. We can change who we are, who we will be by changing what and who we allow to influence us. Now, there is very real power in influence. So I'm going to be looking today at how we can harness that power, how we should harness that power, and how by doing so we can change our own lives and the lives of others. Now, you know, it's my belief that each and every person here should be coming to church, not just for the sake of coming to church. We shouldn't attend church every Sunday just so that we can check a box on our to-do list for the week. Oh, we went to church this week, to church this week, job done. That's an hour out of my life. And then you forget all about it when you've walked out the door. That's not what church should be about. We shouldn't be changing church for the sake of appearance to those around us or to pacify a spouse or a parent or a child of ours. We should attend church to become equipped for life as a Christian. We should come with a view to learning. We should come with a view to growing. Now, if we come with that intention, it's going to mean a couple of things. It's going to mean that we are going to have to be honest with ourselves about some things. And it's going to mean that we're going to need to desire and have a willingness to change some things about ourselves and our lives. And it's my absolute belief, with those two things in place, real change can happen. And let me tell you, I'm living proof. Now, I'm excited to be here today because... I've been saved for nine years as of this Thursday just gone. And I've changed a little in those nine years, I can assure you. I've gone from where I was basically nine years ago to having the opportunity to play drums and worship God's name and then stand and preach his word. And if you knew where it was that I had started from, you would understand just how excited I am to be standing here and slapping Satan up both sides of his face this morning. So excited to be here. But I give all glory to God. And let me tell you that that's relevant to this message because it's about influence. Who I was up until my 40th birthday was a direct result of who had influenced me up until that point. Who I had allowed to influence me in that first 40 years. And this last nine years have been a bit different. A bit meaning, oh my goodness, what a lot. It's been hugely different in this last nine years. I'm going to give each and every one of you the opportunity to do the same thing this morning. And what do I mean by that? I'm going to give you the opportunity this morning just to look at where it is that you are at right now. And make a decision if you need to make a decision. I'm not telling you that you all need to make a decision. But if you need to make a decision to change, I'm going to encourage you to do that this morning. Why not today? Why not this morning? 
If you've come with that attitude, that you're going to be honest with yourself and you're also going to be prepared to make any changes that are necessary, why not today? I'm going to challenge you to look at where and who you are right now and then make some changes if you believe you need to make them and you are prepared to do so. So I'd like for you to ask yourself something along the lines of, where am I right now? Ask yourself, where am I right now? Or perhaps a better question is, who am I right now? And I'm not talking about the job title you have. I'm not talking about the pay scale you're on. I'm not talking about how successful you are, how successful you think you are, or how successful the, the world thinks you are. I'm not talking about how much stuff you've got, what car you drive, how big your house is. I'm not talking about those things. I'm talking about who you are on the inside. How much peace do you have? How do you think you're doing in terms of personal growth? How about your walk with God? How would you rate that right now? Now, I don't need to know the answers to those questions, and frankly, I don't want to know the answer to those questions because I'm not asking you to ask yourself these questions for my benefit. I'm asking you to ask yourself these questions for yours. So if you've answered those questions and you don't much like the answers that you've arrived at, I'm going to ask you to ask yourself another couple of questions, important questions. Who am I allowing myself to be influenced by? And what am I allowing myself to be influenced by? And here are two main things that can lead you to being in a place that you don't want to be in. The influence of some people and the influence of your past. And the two things are very often tied to each other. You can be allowing the wrong people to influence you because of your past. So let's look first at the people you're influenced by. Think about the people that you allow to influence you. Who are the people in your circle? Or whose circle are you in, I should say? The people that are around you right now, ask yourself these questions about them. Number one, are are they where you want to be? And if they're not where you want to be, are they heading in the direction that you want to be heading? Number two, do they genuinely have your best interests at heart? Number three, are they helping you to move forward or are they holding you back? Now, those are questions that you need to be asking about the people that are around you right now. Why? Because that is shaping you, whether you like it or not, whether you believe it or not. That's exactly what is happening. The people around you are influencing you and shaping you. You know, the Bible's got some clear direction about the people that we allow into our lives. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. So even if you have good morals and good intentions, even if you know the difference between right and wrong, and you want to be doing the right things, if you are hanging out with bad company, your morals are under threat. That's the reality. As human beings, we've got the propensity to do things that aren't right. We have, in our flesh, continual temptations to do things that we know we shouldn't do. And trust me, even with the right people around you, those temptations are still going to be there. The point is that with the wrong people around you, you're far more likely to give in to those temptations. So I'm not saying that the people around you will will cause you to be tempted. No, you're going to be tempted anyway, because that's how we are as humans. That's the, the way that we are wired. What the question is this, is what you do with that temptation. And if you're in the right company, the chances are that you won't do anything with that temptation. And if you do, you'll be quick to turn back away from it. If you are with the wrong people, Instead, what's going to happen, it's going to be far easier for you to actually give in to those temptations. We tend to do as those around us do. 
That's what influence is. Look at this. Proverbs 13, 20. Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. How many of us have been in the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong people? My hand is right up. Wrong place, wrong time, wrong people. I have several, several times. And here's the deal. We can't blame other people for the fact that we're getting in trouble if we're with them. Even if it's not us actually doing anything wrong. If we're with other people who are doing wrong, while they're doing wrong, then we're going to get in trouble. And it's our fault for being with them in the first place, in the wrong place at the wrong time. Now, what's interesting in this scripture is this. It doesn't say, if you associate with fools, you'll become a fool. It says, if you associate with wise people, you'll become wise. But if you associate with fools, it doesn't say you're going to become a fool. It just says you're going to get in trouble. Why? Because a fool's going to get in trouble, and you are in the wrong place, at the wrong time, with the wrong people. So you're going to wind up in the wrong places, doing the wrong things, even if you're not actually a fool yourself. Now, I can tell you, I have seen plenty of very intelligent, wise people do some very stupid things because they were in the company of foolish people. Many, many times. So we need to be aware that at least part of where we are and who we are today is a result of the influence that we have allowed people to have on us, good or bad. Now let me touch now on something else that we can allow to influence us, which again can have very serious implications, and that is our past. Outside of the people that we associate with, there is nothing that influences us more than our past. And in many cases, our past can influence us more than anything or anyone else. Isn't that amazing when you think about it? How much time we spend thinking about the one area of our life that we can't change. We can change our present. We can certainly shape our future to some degree. But the past is something we can't change a second of. And the truth is, it's impossible to think about your past and your future at the same time. Now, I'm not diminishing what's happened to you in your past. We've all got things that happened to us that changed us. Some for better, some for worse. We've all had successes. We've all had failures. We've all made mistakes. But the one thing that we've all got in common, we cannot change a single thing that happened in the past. Now, God does not want you dwelling there. God does not want you dwelling on the past. He does not want your past to shape your present or your future. And that is true of everyone, but as Christians especially. Look at this, 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. The old has passed away. It's dead. It's buried. It's gone. It's not there anymore. And yet we hold on to it, don't we? We hold on to it. We dwell on it. We dwell on our history of who it is that we were, of the choices that we made, of the mistakes that we made, and the influences, the choices and decisions that we made back then. It changes how we think about today. It changes our decision process today. If I'm dwelling on my failures of the past, why would I step out in faith today? If I'm held back by my insecurities of the past, how can I feel secure today? If I've done nothing but hang around with wrong people in the past, what makes me believe, if I'm dwelling on that, what makes me believe I can get good relationships today? Well, let me tell you what changes that. Let me tell you how you can get good relationships today. Decide 
to get good relationships today and forget the relationships of the past. If you've made mistakes in the past, well, welcome to the club. Put your hand up if you've made a mistake in the past. Have a look around you. That's 100% of people. We've all made mistakes in the past. How many of us have got insecurities that were born out of a past experience or a past relationship? We all have those. Everyone's been heartbroken. Everyone's been hurt. Everyone's been let down. And I don't say that in a dismissive way. I'm letting you know you're not alone. But why is it that some people are still moving forward in life? Because they've chosen to move forward in life. Because they made a decision that they're not going to let the past hold them back. Look at this scripture. Isaiah 43, 18, 19. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. You know who's saying those words right there? God. God. In fact, right before this verse, as an introduction to these words, it says this. Thus says the Lord. Now you better know, if there's a phrase in the Bible that says, thus says the Lord, your spiritual ears better be pricking up right there. Because it's a message that God's got for you. And he's quite clear when he talks about this. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. What does that mean? It means forget the past. Don't dwell in the past. Don't think about the mistakes that you've made in the past. Don't think about the relationships of your past. Don't think about where you've fallen flat on your face in the past. Don't think about who you were in the past. That's what God is saying right there. We need to let go of the past. And again, that's not to negate it. All of the things that have gone on in your past, it's not to dismiss those things or lessen the hurt that might have happened in the past. But listen to that. It happened in the past. If you don't let go of it, it's going to change your future. It's going to negate the influence that you will have in the future. So hold on to your past or the you that you were in the past will prevent you from achieving what it is that God wants you to achieve today. We have a mission to fulfill. And that's not a rah-rah statement. We're told in the Bible, we have a mission to fulfill. The moment you become a Christian, it's not saving you for your benefit. It's saving you for others, for others' benefit. We have a mission to fulfill. You have a mission to fulfill. We have a purpose to live out. You have a purpose to live out. And we can't do it if we allow the past to influence us. Look at the way Paul speaks about seeking to achieve what God has planned. Philippians 3, 12 and 13. I don't mean to say I've already achieved those things or that I've already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I've not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Paul focused on one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward. And we all need to think the same way. Look at it this way. If your hands are full holding on to your past, you are not going to be able to take hold of your future. We have to let go of the past. So our hands are free, metaphorically speaking, to grasp the future that God 
has for us. So we've looked at what has influenced up to this point. The things that have potentially held us back and maybe holding us back still. And you know, if the only thing that you do this morning is come to the conclusion that your past is holding you back, that's a pretty huge thing to have done. You're going to leave here changed if you allow that information to have the kick on and the effect on you that it should. God wants you to be moving forward under positive influences. He wants that not only because that's the best thing for you, but also so that you in turn can be a positive influence on other people. But God doesn't want you to do that in your own strength or your own wisdom. Jesus came and he died on the cross to pay our sin debt. He came to give mankind a clean slate, a fresh start. But if that wasn't enough, God wants us to be equipped to continue with our sanctification even after we've been saved. No one influenced us more than Jesus. From what it is that he did. No one influences more than Jesus. And no one ever will influence us more than Jesus. He died for us. And in what that one act, he influenced not just our future here on earth, but our eternal future also. And I believe strongly we forget that. We don't think about that every day. And we should be thinking about that every day. When things are going great, we should be thinking and milking it for every moment that it's worth because our time here is brief. When things are not going well for us here on this earth, we should not be that bothered about it because our time here is brief. It's all part of, a tiny part of, our eternal life. So Jesus Christ came, died, rose again, and influenced your life from day one to infinity. Because there is no end. If you've accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have eternal life. Now that right there is influence. That right there is influence. But if that wasn't enough beyond that, God also then gave us help while we are here. He wants us to succeed in our purpose here. And what's our purpose here? It's to take as many people with us where we're going as possible. But he's given us help. He wants us to do that so much. He's provided us with a helper. Jesus tells all his disciples this in John sixteen seven. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. This was always God's plan. Always God's plan. Simply put, sending Jesus to die to pay for our sin debt and then sending the Holy Spirit to help, guide, and influence us after that. Help, guide, and influence us after that. So as we've established already, anything that influences us does so because we have allowed it to do so. Something cannot influence you unless you don't, don't allow it to. If you allow something to influence you, it will. If you stop something from allowing, uh, if you don't allow something, then it will not. Or at least it will influence you less. So let's revisit the scripture that we looked at earlier on. Proverbs 13, 20, walk with the wise and become wise, associate with fools and get in trouble. So we spoke about the fools. If we're hanging out with fools, then we're going to wind up in the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong people, yes? There's a flip side to it. Walk with the wise and you will become wise. So what we're looking at right now is this. If you've asked yourself those questions and you've established that you're not exactly where you want to be and you're not exactly who you want to be, you've thought about the people who are influencing you and you've established who it is that may be taking you off of track, 
Now what we're going to do is we're going to look at how do I rectify that? How do I make it better? How do I become who it is that I want to be and more importantly, that God wants me to be? The flip side, we have to decide that we're going to walk with the wise. There is none wiser than the Holy Spirit. There is none wiser than the Holy Spirit. But he will influence our lives. He'll influence my life. He'll influence your life. He'll influence my choices, my plans, and my decisions only as much as I allow him to do so. He will affect your choices and decisions in life only as much as you allow him to do so. So, we have the Holy Spirit. He's our number one influence if we allow him to be so. And likewise, there are other people in our lives that truly have a desire to influence you positively. There are wise people, there are godly people that want to guide you, they want to help you, they want to teach you. But again, they can only do so if you make the decision to be influenced by them. Choose the people that you listen to wisely. Choose those you would call friends wisely. Look for those people that will build you up and not pull you down. Those that will encourage you to move forward and they won't hold you back. Those that will, in love, set you back on track if you stray from it. Those that will accept you with all your rough edges, but will do what they can to help you smooth some of them off. Proverbs 27.17 tells us, As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Now, I'm blessed to have people around me that love me enough to accept me, including all my weaknesses, but that will help me become stronger. I've got people around me that I trust to have my best interests at heart and who will tell me what I need to hear, not just what I want to hear. I have carefully chosen who those people are, and they are frankly the only people that I will allow to influence me. They are the only people whose opinions and input I will seek and accept. Now, in the same way, I'm careful as to what else I allow in my life that could affect and influence me. And I encourage you to do the same thing. Limit the amount of negativity that you allow in your life. Be careful about the things that you watch, that you listen to, because they will influence your mind and your thoughts. Paul puts it this way in his letter to the church in Philippi. He says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Think about these things. Whatever situation you're in, whatever person you are thinking about, find the positive and dwell on the positive. It will influence you. It will influence them. I am choosy about what I allow to influence me. Why? Because if I'm being influenced in the right way, then that will enable me to, in turn, influence others in the right way. And that is what I am called to do. And guess what? So are you. So are you. Matthew 5, 14, 16, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. If you are a Christian, you have been saved to be a light, and a light that shines for others to see. 
You have been saved to influence others. Part of your calling, your purpose, is to influence the people that are around you in your life, in your circle of influence. Now, you might say, well, I don't have many people around me. I can't think of anyone that I have influence over. Here's a truth for you. The size of your circle of influence is less important than what is happening inside it. If you don't feel that you are influencing anyone right now, firstly, you're probably wrong. You're likely influencing somebody without even realizing you are doing so, either in good ways or not so good ways. And secondly, before you focus on those that you can influence in your circle, you need to make sure that what is going on in your circle is what you want others to be influenced by. You have to make sure that what's going on in your circle is what you want those people to be influenced by. Once you've looked at what and who is influencing you, and then you've changed what you need to change regarding what and who is influencing you, then you can look at how to influence others the way that you are called to do. The things that you need to do and be in order to be an influencer. So to help you with that, let's look at five characteristics of an influencer. And these aren't the only characteristics, but these are certainly five of the most important. And these are things that you are going to see in those people that are influencing you. And these are the things that you're going to need to be and see in yourself in order for you to be effective and influencing other people. So the first one is this. An influencer seeks opportunities to grow. One trait that is common with every single person of influence is that they are continually growing. Continually growing. There's a desire within them to improve in some way or another. To be a better version of themselves today than they were a year ago and a better version of themselves a year from now than they are today. We are not created to not improve. We are created to improve. To strive towards something. Find an area that you want to get better in. You're not going to be perfect. You're never going to get to be perfect. So take that one off your list. Find something in your life that you want to get better at, that you want to improve at, and take steps to do it. And you know, it doesn't matter how long it takes you to be your best in that area. Again, not perfect. It doesn't matter how long it takes you to be your best in that area, just as long as you are getting better. I've spoken about this before, upward trajectory. It means what? It means that you can look today, a year ago, and say, you know what, I'm, I've had my ups and downs all the way through this last 12 months. But my finishing point today is higher than it was a year ago. And that's an upward trajectory. If you draw a line from point A 365 days ago to today, it's a straight line. But you better bet there's going to be peaks and troughs all the way up there. But it's a straight line if you draw between the two dates. And that's what you're looking for, an upward trajectory. You're looking to improve, to get better. The second trait of an influencer I want to look at is this. An influencer sees value in others. Everyone has value. Everyone has value. Now, with some people, you have to look really hard to find it. But everybody has value. Look at this, 1 Peter 4.10. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Each of us, without exception, has been given a gift. There's no caveat on that. There's no only ifs. It says, God has given each of you. That's each of you. Which means two things. It means that you have been given a gift that you might not even be using, that you might not even realize is there, that you might not have found yet. That's the first thing. You have got a gift. The second thing, 
The person sat next to you has got a gift. Whether you like them or not. Whether you think they've got a gift or not. They have a gift. Influence is not about you. It's about them. Influence is not about you. It's about them. Finding other people things that you can draw out of them. Help people find their gifting. I know so many people that don't know what their gifting is and they're they're made to feel uh, insecure, I guess, about that. Definitely lacking in confidence in moving forward or getting involved with ministry because they don't know what their gifting is yet. You know what? If you see a gifting in somebody, pull it out of them. Encourage it out of them. I can see things in my wife she can't see in herself and vice versa. She can see things in me that... I can't see in myself. And you know, I was talking earlier about how you trust people, how I trust a limited number of people and take advice from a limited number of people. But if my wife comes to me and says, you know what, Pete, this, this, you're not doing as well as I know you can do. I'm going to listen. And it's going to improve me. That's what you need to be doing with those people who are around you. And find people that will do it for you also. So, Use that scripture to remind yourself, even if you've searched long and hard to find the good in a person, the value in that person is there. God put it there. If God tells me that he's put something somewhere, I don't care if I can't find it, it's there. So what does it mean? It means I'm going to have to look a little bit harder. And that's what we're going to do with the people around us. See the fact they have value even before you know what that value is. Don't look for the value. Know that they have it. And then find out what it is. Because it's going to change the way that you treat people. You're not looking for people to find the value in people so that you can make use of the value. You are looking at somebody and knowing they have value. Because that's going to change the way that you approach them, speak to them, encourage them. And you know what else it's going to do? It's going to change the way that you talk about them. Third characteristic, an influencer. Influences directly. Influences directly. There are people in your life that you can and you should be influencing daily. Directly. People that you can teach directly, you can pour into on a one-to-one basis. If you are a parent, your kids would be an example. Teach them. Show them. Influence them. They were given to you. They were given to you for you to pour into them, to teach them, to guide them, to set them an example, to lead them. And I'm not talking about you being perfect because you will not be perfect. Parenting is the hardest job in the world. No question, you're going to make some really bad mistakes. But again, we're not going to dwell on those, are we? Because they're in the past, yes? We're going to move forward and we're going to pour into the people around us. So you're going to have people in your lives that are drawn to you. You aren't going to think that you've got anything in common with them at all. But they are drawn to you. They don't understand it. You don't understand it. But suddenly, bam, they're in your life. And they're in your life. Why? So that you can influence them. Pour into them. Every opportunity that you have. Give life. In every conversation that you can. Give life. Give a word of encouragement. Because, you know, there there are things that you say that might just be the easiest thing in the world for you to say. That somebody has not heard, ever. You might say, you know, you're doing a great job. 
And that might be the first time they've ever heard it in 25 years of their lives. You might say, I love your smile. They're going to remember that. Encourage. Pour into people directly. Don't take responsibility for how much or how little they are influenced by you. Because remember, they have to choose to be influenced. So don't take responsibility for how much they are influenced by you. But do take responsibility for what it is that you are showing and speaking into their lives. Take responsibility for that. But not what they actually do with it. I'm taking responsibility for what I'm preaching to you this morning. It's not my responsibility whether you do anything with it or not. Otherwise, I'd be going nuts, I can tell you. All right. What else does an influencer do? An influencer influences indirectly. An influencer will influence people without even knowing that they're doing so. Maybe without even knowing the person that's being influenced. And here's why. The more an influencer influences, the bigger their circle of influence will become. And the more people will be being influenced by them. Why is that important to know? Because of this. You are being watched. You're being watched. Whether you know it or not, as you grow yourself, people are watching you. People are going to start watching you just initially maybe out of interest or curiosity. Then maybe to see whether or not you're actually going to keep going in what it is that you're doing. And then, eventually, to learn from you. Because you have become somebody that they want to be like. You have become somebody on the path that they want to take. You have become somebody that they want to be influenced by. I have no interest in people being like me. I have a lot of interest in people being more like Christ. So if I'm focused on me becoming more Christ-like, then maybe... I can influence people to do the same thing. The last characteristic I want to look at is this. Influences influence indiscriminately. Be choosy who influences you. But don't be choosy who you influence. You are not to look for a certain type of person to influence. You are not to turn away certain types of people from being influenced by you. Look at this from the book of James. My dear brothers and sisters, how can you claim to have faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ if you favor some people over others? How powerful is that? You claim you're a Christian, then treat everybody the same. Otherwise, how can you, it says? Claim to have faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ. That's a stinger right there, that verse. There are many ways that we can influence people. There are many aspects of life that we can influence them in. There are different life-improving ways that we can actually have. Emotionally, we can influence. We can influence people in parenting. We can influence people at work, in sports, in their lifestyle choices. And they're all purposeful. And they are all important. However you are influencing somebody in a positive fashion is important. But ultimately, our influence in some way or another should draw people closer to God. My desire is to be a godly man. My desire is to be known as a godly man. Not for the title of godly man, but for the influence that being a godly man will have on helping other people draw closer to Jesus. Because no one can influence a person more than Jesus. No one can change a person more than Jesus. No one can save someone except 
Jesus. And Jesus doesn't discriminate. Romans 10, 12, 13, Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I don't care if you're a Jew or a Gentile. I don't care if you're black or white, young or old, man or woman, rich or poor. I want to influence you and draw you closer to God. I want to be someone that people follow. Not because I want followers, but because I know where I'm going and I want to take people there with me. Nine years ago, Molly influenced me when I was four and a half thousand miles away. She saw value in me. She influenced me directly. She influenced me indirectly. And she influenced me indiscriminately. She knew everything about me. That I was lost, broken, addicted, and an agnostic. Yet on February 24th, 2008, she led me through the sinner's prayer and into a relationship with Christ that transformed my life. For my benefit, yes. But not for my benefit alone. Because now I've got the opportunity to be standing here right now and hopefully influence somebody to walk the same path that I'm on. So that in turn, they can influence other people to do the same. Don't. Take the power of influence lightly. Be influenced the right way. Influence the right way. And you may just help someone's life completely change. Amen? Amen. If you bow your heads where you're at, if you would. Heavenly Father, Lord God. We love you. We thank you, God, for the influence that you are in our lives. The main influence in our lives. And I pray, Father, that every person here would make that choice today, would make that decision today, that they would follow you, they would accept you as the biggest influence in their lives, Lord God. None of us are perfect, none of us ever will be perfect. We've all made mistakes and we all will make mistakes. But I pray, Lord God, that you would have people here today reach out to you, lean into you, press into you, that they would become more tuned into the Holy Spirit who you gave us as our helper, you gave us as our guide, you gave us as our influencer. I pray, Lord, that people would tune into him, listen to him in every area of their lives. I pray that those that need to would look at the friends that they're with right now, the people they hang out with, Lord. They would make the right choices and right decisions. I pray, Father, as much as anything else, that every person here, you would help them to forget the past. Forget their past mistakes, their past relationships, their past influences things that they've done and failed at, things have not even started through fear. I pray you would have people forget those things right here, right now. That tomorrow would be a new day. New decisions would be made, new choices would be made, and new influences would be made, both on their lives and the influences on the people around them. We love you. We give you all praise and we give you all glory. In Jesus' name, amen. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. 
If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless. Master.